Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. M. Nothing personal word of the day. That second S-E-C-O-N-D. Today it's F-R-I-D-A-Y. March 25th, 2022. Happy birthday to Michael Hill. Second as in the second grand jury in Texas heard evidence and decided not to put forth an indictment against Deshaun Watson. This is noteworthy for several reasons. Number one, we thought there was no second. We were under the impression that the grand jury that convened and did not put forth an indictment, that was the end. We read quotes, we read people on Twitter, we read his attorney, everybody's saying that's it. Now everybody knows for sure what we've always known, which is he is guilty of committing no crimes. Then the Cleveland Browns give him $230 million, guaranteed contract, most ever in NFL history. He's the face of the Cleveland Browns. They're losing fans left and right. And then word comes out yesterday afternoon that a second grand jury has been convened. How can that be? Is that possible? Yes. Here's how grand juries work. They can convene 10 times, 20 times, 69 times. It doesn't matter. They can hear evidence. The defense doesn't present. There's no witnesses necessarily. None of the women who have accused him None of the women who asked for criminal charges to be brought have to appear before the grand jury. Sean Watson doesn't have to appear before a grand jury. If he does, he can plead the fifth, not answer any questions. But a grand jury decides whether or not a person will be indicted. So I was very surprised to read that because I assumed that all we had left were civil cases. So a second grand jury is convened in another part of Texas, maybe a suburb of Houston, doesn't matter, someplace deep in the heart of Texas. And then a few hours later, it is announced that that grand jury will also not be putting forth an indictment. That's it, Deshaun Watson, he's clear. There will be no, there'll be no criminal charges. So Rusty Harden, his lawyer, then releases a statement saying, now we really know that there are no criminal charges, no criminal culpability, and we know Deshaun Watson will be an upstanding member of this community. He is so excited to be in Cleveland. So is that it? Do we know for sure there will not be a third grand jury indictment? 
Did the Cleveland Browns know that there was a second grand jury being convened when they signed him? Well, here's a little nugget for you. Grand juries are supposed to be confidential. You're not supposed to know. Nobody knows. Somehow Cleveland knew. Because Deshaun Watson's camp is saying, yeah, the Browns were very aware of this second potential grand jury indictment, but they proceeded anyway, having been satisfied with their level of investigation. Amazing because I was not aware that the Cleveland Browns had the ability to act like a grand jury, to smell like a grand jury, although they certainly smell like something now, to look like a grand jury. But they were aware, but they had an agreement in place with Watson's camp that they would keep it quiet. So the Browns agreed that all they would say is they did the proper amount of investigation before agreeing to give him 230 smackers. Wow, that's an unfortunate choice of words. $230 million. They agreed that they would keep it quiet. So it was not public. No one knew. Now the Browns get to say we knew. We had nothing to worry about because we met Watson, and we feel like everything's good because now it's all behind us. So just a quick note to D Haslam and Jimmy Haslam when you take the podium today because the Browns are going to formally introduce Watson and Dee and Jimmy Haslam after that great statement they did that we talked about on a recent Nothing Personal. And you've got Watson, the head coach, the GM. Everyone's meeting the media today. And I just want to picture what it's going to be like. So here we go. Just a quickie. Just a little quickie. Yeah, Deshaun, you know what I'm talking about. Quickie. Uh, Deshaun, when you were deciding to play for one of the four teams, what made you choose the Browns? Well, thank you. That's a great question. I chose the Browns because I believe that this team is ready to win now, and I want to be a part of a winner, and I love Cleveland, the organization. I was comfortable with the owner and his wife and the GM and the coach. Thank you. Uh, Deshaun, are you going to settle any of the 23 civil cases against you? Well, you know, I really can't talk about that. Next question. Deshaun, did you have an offer of $230 million from any other team? I'm really not going to talk about that. D Deshaun, when you decided to come to Cleveland, when you met with the Haslams, what did you say to convince them that you would be an upstanding citizen and part of the community and be charitable, etc. Well, the first thing we did is we talked about the team on the field and I was very impressed with how much Jimmy knew about what was going on on the field. And I just let them know that I was really the missing piece. And I always thought that it was Baker Mayfield that was the reason why they weren't winning. But now with me here, I thought that that would be a perfect way to resuscitate my career. Deshaun, sorry, one more question about that. Going back to the 23 civil suits against you, do you see any scenario under which you could face criminal charges? Sorry, Deshaun, don't answer that. Yeah, this is rusty. I just wanna make sure that everyone understands how this works. There are no more criminal charges against Deshaun Watson. That is completely behind him, and we've told everyone from the beginning that he is innocent of all charges because he didn't commit any charges. 
Anything that happened was purely consensual, and we look forward to continuing the process to solving and getting through all these civil cases. That's what I think should happen during a press conference. I think that Jimmy Haslam is going to be asked why he made this decision. Was he aware of the implications of signing Deshaun Watson? I think it's quite interesting that he's going to have his wife next to him to have some female credibility about this decision to bring in Deshaun Watson. I'm trying to think of the last press conference that I was a part of where the owner's wife, any wife, girlfriend, anybody was a part of the press conference, no matter what role she plays in the company. But of course, you have to trot out a woman to let everybody know that Jimmy Haslam, the owner, has great interest in women and making sure women are protected and safe and the environment is good. I find it all to be so unfortunate. So when you're watching the press conferences later today, just watch knowing that we're probably going to address it Monday or Tuesday. But find out whether or not any of the media in Cleveland or any of the national media is going to ask a difficult question like, hey, how do you feel about him being suspended for possibly six games? Or, hey, why did you agree to pay him $1 million so that if he gets suspended, he won't lose money? Hey, why did you agree to give him the largest guarantee in history about $80 million more than Aaron Rodgers? I'm just curious if they'll answer any of those questions. Speaking of answering questions, do you think Mayor Adams in New York is prepared to answer questions? Did you watch that press conference yesterday with Randy Levine on one side, the president of the Yankees, with Sandy Alderson on the other side, the president of the Mets? And I'm thinking, where's Steve Cohen? Where's Hal Steinbrenner? Mayor Eric Adams gets up at Citi Field. Randy Levine, by the way, hates going to Citi Field, hates the Mets in every possible way. Would always be funny when Randy Levine would have to call Fred Wilpon. Hey, can I get a ride on your plane to the owners' meeting? And Fred Wilpon would always say yes. No, they can't stand each other. So anyway, so Randy Levine and Sandy Alderson are sitting there while Eric Adams announces, "Hey, New York has to economically recover." And I'm all about the people and all about the recovery. We are lifting the vaccine mandate so athletes and entertainers can perform and do their jobs, and that's what makes our city great. We are New York. We are the New York Knicks. We're going to play some ball. How about all the people who got fired because they wouldn't get vaccinated who worked in the public sector or the private sector? How about all the people who still have to be vaccinated in order to work in the private sector because they're ordinary people? And I don't mean like Donald Sutherland, and I don't mean Timothy Hutton or Mary Tyler Moore. I'm talking about ordinary people. Eric Adams made angry so many New Yorkers yesterday. Now, still better than de Blasio, but that's not exactly a high bar to go over. And I am not telling you that I am anti-vax. You know I'm pro-vax. I think everyone should be vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you know my view. However, I am dying to understand how Eric Adams came to the decision he came to. Other than I told you yesterday, he got a bunch of donations, or maybe I tweeted that, Coca. Stephen Cohn gave a million and a half dollars to Eric Adams and his political action committee. Randy Levine, the Yankees, sports teams are powerful. They're involved politically. They help with re-elections. Money talks. The whole foundation of this show is that it's just business and it's nothing personal. 
Eric Adams just proved that point in a way that even Stefan Diggs didn't in his tweet yesterday. Eric Adams made it clear when he said to the people, to the voters, to the people who get him elected, wink, wink, it's money that gets him elected, not people, said, if you are elite and you are rich, you've got the power. I'm in. I was the beneficiary of that state of mind that people have, that politicians have. And I never shied away from the fact I was the beneficiary of that at all. And I was always willing to acknowledge that teachers and citizens and Billy Corbins would be angry and upset over public financing, over getting money from from the public. It was not taxpayer money, it was tourist money, but I digress. And the reason I never cared is that I was so focused on my job. Randy Levine, Steve Cohn, Sandy Alderson, Hal Steinbrenner, they knew very well that Aaron Judge was going to get to play home games. They know very well the power they have in the United States. What about the power they have in Canada? All we're reading now is the concern that people in the AL East have that their best players who are unvaccinated will not be able to play the Blue Jays in Toronto because Trudeau has a rule in Canada, a law, that if you're not vaccinated, you're not coming. So I'm just wondering, does that mean Aaron Judge will not play the nine games in Toronto? He'll have to go on the restricted list, not get paid, not get service time. It won't impact his free agency, though. Aaron Judge is about to be offered a long-term extension. I wonder whether the Yankees and MLB are trying to do something and accomplish something in Canada and trying to throw their weight around the way they did in New York. And they're going to find out quickly, Canada doesn't work that way. They don't really care whether or not the Americans want to funnel money up to them to get the rules changed. Canada's on its own program in every way. So Canada has till May 2nd to get this rule changed or else it will impact New York. And we're going to find out what kind of political weight is going to be pressure, what kind of pressure is going to be brought to bear on Trudeau. Will it be the same type that was brought on Eric Adams? Believe me, Trudeau is no Eric Adams. So as I reflect on the lawsuits that are going to happen now from ordinary people, when I reflect on what happened and what was announced yesterday, I really am interested in how Adams will explain to people when he has to go into more detail other than saying it's about getting the city going again. Because of course, when the city was stopped, the people who got the city going again were first responders, were delivery people, post office people, grocery store people. Those were people who got the city going, kept the city going. And those people are totally ignored when it comes to the new rule about, hey, if you entertain me. I don't know about you. I always get entertained by the guy behind the deli counter. How do they figure out when they are slicing pastrami that it's always that close when you say, I'll take half a pound, and they always get to 0.53, and you say, ah, no problem, I'll take it. It's like rounding up in pastrami. I like watching them work. Okay, that's it. All right, one more thing Coca wants me to mention. I'm going to mention it because it is true. 
that everyone's keeping quiet because of HIPAA considerations. You don't really know who's vaccinated, who's not vaccinated, but we're going to know every single player who's not vaccinated in Major League Baseball when they go to Toronto because they won't be on the team. They won't be on the plane. They'll be on the restricted list. So they open against Texas. So are there two new free agents, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon? Are they vaccinated? What about Vladimir? What about Pachette Biggio? We're actually going to have to pay attention like to every team plane that's leaving. What a nightmare. Just get vaccinated. All right. It is Friday. Oscars are Sunday. When we come back, I'm going to give you my Oscar ballot. We're going to review Spider-Man and tell you why it wasn't nominated for an Oscar. And then we're going to talk about payrolls and free agency in Major League Baseball. We'll be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. It's Friday. The word of the day was doozy M as in second. March 25th, 2022. Watch a movie every day. I look forward to the Oscars. I've been watching them live for as long as I can remember. And I had not yet seen Spider-Man No Way Home. People wondering why it wasn't nominated. It should have been nominated. It was the best picture of the year. Made money. Great to see Tom Holland. Spoiler alert. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire are in Spider-Man No Way Home. The people who played Spider-Man prior to Tom Holland. So what's interesting is the only way to get them into a movie, it's like having Michael Keaton and George Clooney be in this year's Batman, which I haven't seen. Maybe they are. And the only way to get them in is to make like a multiverse with different Inception-type things, all of these bad people, whether it's Thomas Hayden Church or Willem Dafoe or Alfred Molina, they all know who Peter Parker is, but then Zendaya knows, then she doesn't know, then they try to know. The special effects were cool. It's a Marvel movie, I'm in. But Spider-Man No Way Home is in no way one of the best movies of the year. Very cool cameos. Anything with Marissa Tomei, detour. I saw something on TikTok, Coca. 
I saw that there's a conspiracy theory that Marissa Tomai did not actually win the Oscar for My Cousin Vinny. That Jack Palance, who announced it, having won the Best Supporting Actor the year before, and back then the Best Supporting Actor announced the Best Supporting Actress the following year, that Marissa Tomai was the last name he read, so he just repeated the name because he was so drunk and stoned that he couldn't read what was on the piece of paper. Not like Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway announcing the wrong best picture and giving it to La La Land when it was Moonlight. I'm talking about that he just couldn't see anything and that it's been kept quiet all this time. People who are hating on Marissa Tomai for winning for My Cousin Vinny, are you kidding me? You just haven't seen it. All right, Oscar ballot time. This is it. I take this seriously. These are, can we count them as picks of the day? Or should they just be wait to sees? Because I got to get credit for these picks. Let's do it as wait to sees. I'm going to give you seven categories right now. Number one, best actor. You want to see a good movie? Go see Tick, Tick, Boom. Andrew Garfield deserves to win best actor, and he will not. Last year, it was supposed to go to Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He was not deserving of it, but he tragically died young. The expectation was that he was going to win, and then Anthony Hopkins got it for the father. I touched on this on Lebitard yesterday. I want to give you two extra minutes about it because while I'm white and privileged, I'm going to talk about this because this is a first-person account from someone who is African-American and accomplished and smart and really good at being an executive in baseball. For those of you who've listened to me talk about the Seal Rule and the Rooney Rule, I've talked to you a little bit about Michael Hill, whose birthday is today. Former president of baseball operations for me, just got let go by Jeter a couple years ago. Now he is the EVP or the senior VP. He's in charge of on-field operations with MLB. And one of his biggest issues is that he wanted to get a job, not because of the Selig rule. He wanted to be hired because he was the best candidate, not because he's black. We're talking about a Harvard-educated man who was able to run a multi-multi-million dollar business and can tell you who's going to be good and not going to be good in baseball. Doesn't want to be handed anything, wants to earn everything. Will Smith is going to get an Oscar tomorrow night because he's black and hasn't won an Oscar. Because the Academy of Motion Pictures and Science, along with so many other parts of this country, have become woke to the point that it's actually offensive to the people they're trying to be woke to or woke about. Will Smith's portrayal of Richard Williams, the father of Venus and Serena, was fine. Fine at best. But he's going to win. Best actress. So many good candidates. I reviewed and told you to see the life of Tammy Faye. Tammy Faye Baker. So many young people don't know who Jim Baker it was and Tammy Faye Baker. Jessica Chastain will win Best Actress. She was that good. All right, supporting actor. Put it in your pool. It's the give me of the night. The guarantee. Even though supporting actor used to be where the upsets are. The father in CODA is a deaf actor named Troy Kotzer. If you haven't seen CODA, I'm begging you. It's the best movie of the year. It's going to win Best Picture. 
and he will win Best Supporting Actor. When West Side Story was coming out, I was excited to see it, and then I saw it, and then I was far less excited, but I still love singing I Feel Pretty, and Ariana DeBose is going to win Best Supporting Actress for her portrayal of, I was going to say Evita, but it's Anita, Best Supporting Actress. All right, Best Director, a movie that's getting crapped on and it shouldn't. It's called Power of the Dog. Jane Campion, again, I could say it's because they're woke and they want more women to win. She is going to win because she deserves to win Best Director Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. International Feature, again, I reviewed it. I asked you to see it. Please do. It's called Drive My Car. Yes, it's three hours. Yes, it's in Japanese. In other years, I would have had this as the best picture of the year. But Coda was better. Drive My Car will win Best International Feature, and then Coda, Best Picture. There are a bunch of categories. I'm going to have a pool where I do with my children. I, we are exchanging picks on Sunday. I choose all 24 categories, even the eight that are not going to be on the telecast. I will let you know how I do on Monday. But the wait to seize are specifically about those seven categories. How come on Twitter at uh, David P. Sampson, not one of you noticed my pick of the day yesterday? How come not one of you actually said that when I said Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors are going to beat LeBron James and the Cavaliers, that none of you said anything? When you guys correct me on everything, the Raptors covered. We are 33 and 26 as the Raptors minus three and a half was a slam dunk. All right, Coke, I'm getting to it right now. I'll do it. Stop yelling. This is, all right, can we finally for once and for all just put you on the show after episode 500? I know you'll come back in episode 1,000, but I'm trying to give my pick of the day and you're yelling at me. All right, I'll do it. Marissa Tomai, conspiracy theory. The academies explained many times. Two officials from the accounting firm of Pricewaterhouse, the official tabulators of the Academy Award ballots, keep talking to me, I'm going to read it as you talk, have been stationed in the wings at every Academy Award ceremony since 1953, just in case such a situation should arise. If a wrong name were ever read, one of the officials would immediately step up to the podium and announce the correct winner. The latter circumstance eventually occurred in 2017. We talked about this. Jack Palance simply could not have read the wrong name from the teleprompter screen because the winner's names are never displayed there. During every and the Oscar goes two points in the ceremony, the teleprompter displays the stage directions of envelope and announce winner to the presenters. This process both ensures the presenters have to look down and examine the contents of their envelopes before announcing winners so that the envelopes don't appear to be irrelevant props, and it helps guarantee the secrecy of the results. And? I want an extra minute of the show, Coca. That does that that did that added nothing to the show. Nothing. You might as well edit it out. Four eight sixty nine. We are now with the nothing personal pick of the day, thirty three and twenty six. Let's talk about the NCAA tournament. Let's talk about my bracket. Coca, I think, is in two hundredth place. We only had 455 people fill out brackets because Paramount, Viacom, Showtime, CBS totally screwed up the link. They couldn't figure out how to get people to sign up. It's not like they're a technology company or a media company. But if you beat Coca, you're going to be in a raffle to win a prize. By the way, Larry, if you're listening, I have your Andre Dawson ball. It's never too late. 
it will be sent to you this week. I just couldn't access it, and I spent two hours cleaning where I store my balls. No, no, not my dresser drawer. No, no, not with the rabbi as part of the marriage. No, no, I'm talking about signed baseballs. Yes, Larry, you're getting it, I promise. So the NCAA tournament, if you beat Coca, you're in a raffle. If you win the entire bracket, you are going to win a prize. And we're adding a third prize, Coca. We are announcing it right now. Good luck. Whoever finishes in last place gets a prize too. Because all of us are competing for last place. The brackets are done. I had Gonzaga losing to Wisconsin in the final game. Gonzaga lost. Apparently, they were the best team left. Now, I think it may be Houston. Duke keeps winning. So, I'm going to give you two picks of the day. One to get to the Elite Eight and one to get to the Final Four. The Hurricanes play tonight. Yes. Jim Laranga. What's the name of that head coach, Coca? Jim Laranga? Laranga? I can't think of it, but it's something very close to that. So it's Larug. Nah, nay. Larug, nay, gah. <laughs> okay, can we show people what you just do for me? He writes out it, L-A-R slash U-G-H slash N-A-Y slash G-U-H. Larug, But I'm supposed to say it quickly, he always tells me. So just say it as though you're not pausing. So just say, Larug, Miami, two and a half over Iowa State. Oh, don't say the G in UG. So then it's Laranega. Laranega. <laughs> Just win, baby. Miami two and a half over Iowa State. Book it. Miami's going to the Elite Eight. Our Hurricanes. People in Miami are going to lose their minds, and it excites me. It really does. Because God knows the football team gives them no pleasure. And I mean the Dolphins and the Hurricanes. The baseball team, the hockey team's in first place. The Heat have won championships galore. But the Miami Hurricanes basketball team? Are you kidding me? Do you know who's not rooting for the Miami Hurricanes basketball team? Now, Mario's going to say, of course I am. I'm the new coach of the Hurricanes. I love Miami. It's my school. I'm all in. I assure you that no one associated with the Hurricanes football team is rooting for the Hurricanes basketball team, no matter what they tell you, because it sets the standard to the point where if they don't do well, get themselves in a good bowl game, have a good season after the absolute crap that the Hurricanes have been on the field for so long now, it just makes them look worse. But Miami's going to the Elite Eight. Saturday, Houston is two and a half over Villanova. Houston looked good. Did you watch that game, Coca? Are you watching any game or you just know your bracket's terrible? I bet I will bet you anything that Matthew Coca did not watch one second of Houston Villanova. Well, if you did, you'd say, hmm, Houston's pretty good. Guess what? They're going to the final four. Houston, two and a half over Villanova. All right, Coca. Play some music. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get in Twitter after you rate, review, and follow, and tell your friends about Nothing Personal. I think we're having another record month now, but there's still six days to go in the month. Every month's a new record for all of the platforms listening, or if you're at Viacom. Just know that we are good because of you. Every day we do this show because of you. Your loyalty is humbling, to say the least. Get into Twitter at David P. Sampson, hit follow, and then ask a question. And many of you will find that I answer them. And here's the question. David, how do radio deals work? How much say does a team have in what is said? Of course, 
I'm referring to the Washington Commanders. Well, you're speaking my language, baby. If you're going to bring up Pam and Tommy Lee Snyder, or D. Snyder, Tanya Snyder, Tanya Harding, Dan and Tanya, the Washington Red Anders, you know I'm going to go to that question. Here's what's happening in Washington right now, lest you think that they could go two solid weeks without being in the news. The Washington Red Anders had a radio deal with the station owned by Odyssey, and it was time for renewal. Well, it turns out that they could not get a deal done, and so their radio rights are going to be elsewhere. In the NFL, your TV rights are held nationally. You cannot sell your local TV rights. It's part of the, the, the national deal with Fox and ESPN and NBC, et cetera, et cetera, and now Amazon. And that money that's paid to the NFL gets split 32 ways. However, the 32 teams cut their own radio deals. So when you're listening to football and radio, you're listening on a local station in your home market, and that radio station does one of two things. They either pay a rights fee to the team to say, give me the rights to broadcast your regular season games, or they do a rev share deal, a revenue sharing deal, where the team gets a smaller amount of rights fees, but they get to sell ads in the broadcast, and then they get that revenue or get a percentage of that revenue. Or a team actually buys time from a radio station and then sells it, produces it, directs it, hires the talent, but they get to keep all the revenue, all the revenue that they get and generate from the ads that you hear during football games. So that's three different ways. In the old days in baseball, when I first got into baseball in 1999, there were rights fees deals all over the place in radio and for millions of dollars. And the Expos were not getting paid for their radio. And I wanted desperately for the Expos to have revenue. And I made a decision back then that has stayed with me to this day because people don't get it. We could not get the English radio station in Montreal called CJAD to actually give us any money. And we were not under, or was it CKAC? I think it was CJAD, but it could have been CKAC or maybe it was CLSD. Whatever it was, they couldn't get us money. So we pulled the plug and we put our games on the internet only. Dave Van Horn, the Hall of Fame broadcaster who then went to the Marlins. So I basically worked with Dave Van Horn my entire career. He carried around a briefcase where he would make the call of every Expos game and it would only go directly to MLB.com. And I got absolutely torched for that. But I wasn't going to give away the radio rights for nothing. But as time evolved, rights deals became less and less common. People were not willing, radio stations were not willing to pay the money they were willing to pay. So teams started taking over their own radio deals. When you own your own broadcast, there is something that happens that's very interesting. It is not in any way even. When you listen to the announcers who a team has hired, those announcers report to ownership. Well, they report to the communications department who reports to the team president who reports to ownership. But you're not allowed to be critical of your team. 
You're only allowed to discuss off-the-field issues when you get prior permission from the team to do it. You've got to be a homer, a down-the-middle homer. Actually, not even down the middle, completely on the side of the team. That actually just manifested itself with the Miami Heat and what happened with their fight between Jimmy Butler and uh, Eric Spolstra. That was a couple days ago. That was an awesome fight on the bench. And Sun Sports, who does the broadcasting for the Heat games, they didn't even mention it. They didn't even show it. Meanwhile, it's a big story on SportsCenter. It's a big national story. But the Heat said, Pat Riley specifically said, there's no way we're talking about that. You are not allowed to discuss it. And there have been plenty of times when we'll go to our radio broadcasters who we hired and said, don't discuss this. If you're going to discuss this, make sure you say the following four things. Here's the message points. Here's the subjects you're not allowed to discuss. Totally normal. But that's when you control your radio station. Well, it turns out that in Washington, that's not how it worked. And as a matter of fact, Odyssey had to release a statement when they did not renew their deal with the Washington Commanders. And the statement said, the organization and the company disagreed, meaning the Commanders and our company, Odyssey, disagreed on the value of the broadcasts. Okay, that's because the, the Commanders wanted $10 million a year, let's say. And Odyssey said, hey, we sell all the spots. Nobody wants to touch you with the 10-foot pole because you're an absolute dumpster fire of an organization. The only revenue we're getting is $2 million, so we're willing to give you a $1 million. And the Reds can say, no, we want $10 million. All right, no deal. So that's how you disagree on the value of the broadcasts. But then they said, and the station believed it was also important to continue to be able to provide honest objective information, analysis, and commentary about the commanders. OMG, they spoke the unspoken. They created noise where silence usually reigns supreme. You now have heard from an actual company that runs radio stations that we want to give you the public both sides of a story. We want to give you the truth about what's happening. And the football team where we have their games tells us we can't talk about certain things. We can't be critical of Dan Snyder. We can't be critical of anything that the commanders have done. We can't talk about their workplace conduct, misconduct, harassment. We can't talk about cheerleaders. We can't talk about upskirt pictures. We can't do any of that. And Odyssey wanted no part of it. But the commanders are not going to let you think that there's another reason that they are unfit to run a team. They came out with a statement that said, we initiated a formal process last fall for the Washington Commanders radio broadcast agreement, which concluded last week. Multiple companies submitted bids as part of this process, including Odyssey, who was an active and aggressive participant and submitted multiple partnership proposals for the next three years of increased value over our previous deal. Based on the evaluation process, we selected a new partner who will bring a significantly larger deal, new money, more money, as well as new creativity, yeah, whatever, and broader reach and scale to programming. It's a he said, he said. 
You've got the commanders saying that Odyssey actually bid for the rights. You've got Odyssey saying, yeah, we didn't get the rights because we disagreed with the value, which means they got overbid. Okay, but then Odyssey throws in there that they want to be able to have unfettered access and no editorial control by the commanders. And the commanders are saying, hey, we never tell anyone what to say. We just went for the money. Who do you believe here? It's an easy one, right? I think it is. There's no question that as part of the RFP request for proposal, Anyone who bids for the commander's radio rights is very clear that they will have handcuffs on. And I don't mean the kind that make you smile when you're watching a movie. Okay. Wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. And either way, we revisit it. No matter what. On April 20th, 2021... I told you in a segment that Nike was not going to renew its sponsorship deal with Kobe Bryant after Kobe Bryant had passed away. I said, however, there will be a different company that steps up and gives Kobe's estate a posthumous deal. I got that way to see wrong because yesterday Nike announced a new deal with Kobe Bryant's estate. I did not think Nike was going to do it. I thought they were going to walk away and another shoe company was going to step up and outbid. And Nike did this deal with all proceeds from the deal. All proceeds from the sales of a sneaker are going to the foundation that was started. The foundation that is run by a good friend named Kat Conlon. If you don't know the Mambasita Foundation, then please check it out. If you're looking to give money end of year for taxes or just because you want to be charitable, please check out the foundation. They do really amazing work. But I got the wait to see wrong. Okay, what's the wait to see for today? So much talk about payroll. Have you been paying attention? How the Dodgers have a $250 million payroll. How the Orioles have a $30 million payroll. All these teams, there's high payrolls, there's low payrolls. The Pirates are $35 million. Bob Nutting's a cheap ass. The Mets are going to be two ninety-two or whatever they're going to be. That payroll disparity is exactly what we've been talking about and the problem that baseball has because it really is a big deal. And then I told you, that as part of the CBA, another way to see is that all grievances that were pending will be dropped. But the players refuse to drop the revenue-sharing grievance that is pending against the Marlins, Rays, A's, and Pirates. That is a grievance that is saying payrolls are too low and the money from revenue-sharing is not being used to improve the Major League product. Well, I've got another wait to see because the players, led by Jock Peterson in his tweet, calling on owners to sell and all the other stuff, he just obviously doesn't understand. No matter who buys the Pirates, that's what the Pirates' payroll will be. No matter who buys the Marlins, that's what the Marlins' payroll will be. By the way, did you see? Don't shh, Don't tell Bruce Sherman or Derek Jeter, but the Marlins and Forbes are valued at $990 million, the only team below a billion dollars. They can't even sniff 1.2 anymore. And listen, I agree Forbes doesn't know what they're talking about, but I happen to know the Marlins aren't worth 1.2 because if they were, Bruce Sherman would sell them and get all of his money back. But the best offer he can find is like $700 million. 
Anyway, Forbes put their valuations out, and the Yankees are like $6 billion, and there's all sorts of high valuations based on market size and revenue and TV deals, and all of it is a bunch of horse hockey because teams are worth what someone will pay. But the players are upset about all of these low payrolls. So here's what's about to happen. The Major League Baseball Players Association is going to file a new grievance as it relates to the 2022 season. They're going to file a grievance against the Pirates, against the A's, against the Orioles, against the Reds. Those teams combined have spent bupkis, right? I think 12, 13, 4, 14.3 million dollars total in free agency between the Orioles, Reds, Guardians and A's. The Oakland A's did not sign one free agent, not one. The Guardians spent 900k on a free agent. I can't even imagine who that was. It's probably a utility infielder. The Reds spent 5 and a half million. The Orioles 7.9 million. Now, it's this this list it's so ridiculous. So when the players get together and decide that they want to do a grievance, they really don't understand how teams are run. The Milwaukee Brewers are on this list as spending the 26th most in free agency. They only spent $12.9 million, as though they should be criticized for that. How about the $200 million contract they gave to Christian Yelich? The fact is the Brewers have a payroll that is large and they've made the playoffs four years in a row. But everybody is so interested in giving you lists of teams, in criticizing teams that don't misspend in free agency, which just makes me feel yet again that there are fans that only care about owners spending money, not winning. Just spend as much money as you can. I love you, Artie Moreno. If you don't win, no problem. I'm the opposite. The Texas Rangers lead the league in free agency spending, $580 million. That's what they spent this offseason. Ringless, playoffless. Let's see if the Rangers make the playoffs. But people like Jeff Passan and all these other card-carrying, player-carrying, loving writers all seem to come out and start criticizing everyone. Well, here's how it's going to work. The grievance will be filed by the players because they want teams spending money. So let me ask you, we've talked about this on the show before. As we close this week and as Major League Baseball heads toward opening day, what do you want from your teams Do you want to be a fan of the Anaheim Angels of Los Angeles? They sign Mike Trout. They sign pitchers every year. They sign position players. They sign Anthony Rendon just two years ago. But they don't sniff October. Or do you want to be a fan of the Tampa Bay Rays who have a low payroll and get to the playoffs, World Series, and have great years The Angels have the ninth highest payroll this year. The Rays have the 24th highest. Who do you want to be a fan of? I'm not going to do a poll on Twitter. I just want you to think about it. As you look at your football teams and your basketball teams and your baseball teams, what's the object of your game? Because as a team president, I always assumed that all you cared about was winning because we lost so much after winning the World Series 
that even spending money didn't make you like me. Of course, it wasn't my money. It was Jeffrey's money. But even spending money did not make you like us. You wanted us to win. I think if you all ran teams, you would make the exact same decision that the Rays make, the Orioles make, the Pirates make, the Reds make, the Dodgers make, the Yankees make. Because they all have one thing in common. It's just business. This is nothing personal. 